Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second viewing where we view things twice so you can listen once. I'm Kyle. And I'm Dan. And welcome back to an episode of the TSP Podcast, everybody. This week's episode is a fun one. It's a recap of sorts. It's a, it's a look back at uh, times past, times grown, times... um To come. Times to come, too. We'll, we'll get there. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun because this episode, we're going to be looking back at 2017 so far. Now, we did one of these episodes almost exactly a year ago. About 2016 so far, believe it or not. That makes sense. And I remember that being one of the most haphazardly episodes we've ever made, actually, looking back at it. It was just a mess. But one thing I really enjoyed about it was talking about, of course, the movies we like this year and also the things we're looking forward to in the coming year. So what we and Dan here are going to do is give our top five films of the year so far, individual lists. And in order, so we're going to start at number five and move our way back up to number one, which would be our, our, our favorite movie we've seen so far. Exactly. And after that, we'll probably take a break of some kind and come back to talk about films we're excited to see um, this year that haven't come out yet that we're anticipating. Exactly. And there actually might be a lot to talk about in, in that half of the podcast. Yeah. Not that there yeah. isn't in the first, but just that the first list is a, a little bit more defined based <laughs> on the nature of how we're doing it. Yeah, and like I also, I'll be frank too, like just going off that, I think like so far this move, this year has been a little weak for good movies. It's been a good year for like, all good movies like all right movies yeah. but it's it's i mean there's not a lot of heavy hitters so far i'll be honest right so far you're you're totally right there hasn't been any massive uh uh kind of club bangers if you will <laughs> that said of course i mean a lot of fucking good movies don't come out till like november december honestly. that's true that's why july is so july is always tough it's a rough patch of course you have yeah. seen some good stuff though so i mean is there like anything? What is, what is, when does Oscar season start? In uh, like, do, I can't remember. Oscars are in February, so I mean, more or less, Oscar season is kind of in tune with Golden Globes, which is in tune with but like, the uh, SAG. As so, far as movie releases, like what movies oh, in what months are considered I for? Think, I think it's September to December. September to or December. Wait, or wait, how does it work? It's like... Oh, fuck. I it's know it definitely it, skips January. It it ends at Dece- it ends at December. I want to say it's like six. So probably I think it's July to December. I'm pretty sure, or like June to December, something like that. Oh, I could okay. be totally wrong, but you're right though. It skips over like. There's a couple of months that are missed. Yeah, yeah which where is why the studios we can dump their their endless trash. Yeah, Shout we, out to our boys at Red Letter Media. We get a. Uh, we get, you know, fuck you, it's January because of that. Because they just yeah. dump whatever they want on us. But um, even before we get into these lists, there's a few movies I think we want to bring up that have come out this year that we haven't had a chance to see yet. Um, and uh, I think the one that we both want to talk about a little bit is The Big Sick. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The Big Sick. Um, and it does make uh, my list in the later half of this podcast. It, it's very much a movie that I want, I'm want. i looking forward to. It's based on a true story. Um, it's about uh, Kumail Nanjani. Kumail? Kumail? Kumail. Kumail Nanjani. Um, uh, falling, falling in love with his wife. And it is co-directed by um, his wife. Right, right. I want to say her name is Emily. Um, I don't know. I'm not 100 sure. I think it's Emily. Um, and yeah, basically, it's it's them telling the story of their love story, and it, it, it's kind of a, a it's a comedy, comedy movie. Yeah, comedy. Uh, romantic comedy. Romantic right. comedy, and it was like highly received at Sundance this year. I mean, I think I forget how much it was sold for, but it was like a ridiculous amount of money. Oh, and fucking everyone, everybody hates Raymond is in this. Fuck really? That guy's in, oh, he is in this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He plays the dad. What's his first name? Raymond or, um, Ray Romano. Ray Romano. There you go. Cool guy. He has a great part in funny people. Actually. It's hilarious scene where he's at the bar with, uh, Adam Sandler and they're talking to Eminem. Oh yeah. That's yeah, right. That's, yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, The Big Sick, um, but that is actually already out, so we're just talking about That's things right. that, are, that we're trying to watch. Another one would be a ghost story with um, our boy, a molester by the sea, uh, Cassie, Casey Affleck. Oh, right, right, So, right. shout out to that. Also, Rooney Mara's in it, Rooney Mara, total babe. Um, and apparently, Casey Affleck is just wearing a, a, sh- a sheet uh, as if he's a ghost on Halloween throughout the movie, and Rooney Mara eats a pie for 25 minutes straight. Oh. I'm looking forward to Sounds it. Fun. Highly anticipating. <laughs> um... But uh, I mean, all jokes aside, apparently it is quite beautiful, and it's 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 a really good movie. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and another one would be Dunkirk. I feel like at this point, anything you could say about it could be said. We haven't seen it, so we can't I mean, even talk about it. S- you know, since you've mentioned uh, the ratings, 
uh, to me and how it's been received. I do want to see it now, but it definitely wasn't my first choice for I, movies that are out that I want to see because I'm no. just war movies. I don't know. I was never the guy who picked up the war video games as a kid. I didn't have the little army men except for the parachute guys because you could throw them off buildings. But I could really care Good less men. about the whole like yeah, war no, setting. I mean, it probably it makes sense because really we grew me. up together and I, I feel the same way about it as you do. I just could never care less. I just... I mean, respect to our soldiers, I guess. Support our troops. Yeah, support uh, our troops. But, but uh, I, you know, this is just not my kind of a genre, more or less. Exactly. Uh, that being said, though, I mean, Christopher Nolan, guy's got a good track record. It seemed like an interesting... Um, an interesting because this is topic one, for him to, to work with. And this, yeah, and this is where they get... Well, in comparison to his most recent movies. Uh, but yeah. this is uh, the story of guys getting stuck on... Naval ships, uh, I'm pretty uh, sure. Is it naval ships or was it on that fucking island and bystanders came to help? Am I getting this mixed oh, up with no. the movie? I don't know. Like, honestly, guys, war is terrible, but it's all very similar. <laughs> it kind of blurs, blurs together for me. I'm. It kind of Robin fixed it every now and then. Wow. Too soon, maybe? I don't think so. That guy's... I'm going to go no comment on that one. <laughs> um, but anyways, though, but it's, it's apparently just fucking amazing film, so... Shout out to that, I guess. We'll try and watch that sometime. I'm going to throw one out there that I know you've seen, and that's Personal Shopper. Right. That came uh, out last year already. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. Then I'm fucking out to lunch. My bad boy on that. But uh, you should keep game Looks on like, that. Yeah, I should Let's keep game on that. Yeah. I, I, well, actually, I have watched the majority of it, maybe a little bit drunk and half asleep. Uh, so it, it basically just needs to be rewatched. Fair enough. Um, okay. So now let's get into our lists. Um, one kind of... Uh, for free for all, or I guess a freebie I decided to give us was that we'd put one honorable mention, kind of just talking about a film that we saw this year in 2017 that actually came out in 2016. And and in this case, we both actually agreed on it without having talked about it first. Mind you, I hadn't come up with a, a number six, and as soon as you mentioned it, I was like, oh, I, I think it almost needs to be in my... I thought you were talking about silence. Like, I don't want to put you on the hot seat here, though. Okay, well, <laughs> well, we decided that, that one did come out in 2016 in December, right? It did, I, yeah. I do want to fucking talk about that movie. Let's bring it up. Shout out, shout out. But... Uh, <laughs> what a fucking... I'm just you, saying... You, you saw the bus coming, and I then you just know, lobbed me right the fuck under about it. buses, my pick is Patterson. Oh, fuck you. So, <laughs> Patterson is a great flick starring my boy Adam Driver, in which he drives a bus now this movie here really took me by surprise only because jim jaramouche hasn't really ever struck me as the art auteur or art director that a lot of people give him praise for not that i've had anything against the guy he's just there hasn't been a single film of his that has really struck me that well or struck me so hard as like some other people have that being said i've really enjoyed a lot of his work um only lovers left alive that's a good movie um and countless others actually but Patterson was like, a, like if this, if I would have saw this last year, this would have been my number two of last year for sure. If not, maybe number one. This is almost American Honey levels for me. I really just thought this movie was honestly poetic, and it's a movie about poetry and about the creative process and just about life and how life can have meaningless conflict that is only personal to the people within those circumstances, and it it. it just describes that so beautiful to me. Like I actually I cried during this movie to be honest with you. It is re a really beautiful story, and it, it is a fantastic movie. Well, and the story is 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 actually really um, almost bland. The plot to this movie is is so almost non-existent. It's just about it's it's, it's about the characters and how they interact in the world that's been set up. But it's just like ultimately s relatable in a lot of different ways. Where well, I uh, think it's because a lot of times life doesn't have to be all about conflict or doesn't all have to be all about um scenarios or uh, situations like, life is just you know a routine a lot in a lot of ways and although that might sound bleak and maybe um negative there's positivity and truth to that i think oh for sure absolutely i totally agree with you that patterson is a fantastic movie um my choice is <laughs> well you also like patterson for the record my choice is uh um, silent. I do love Patterson, but I have chose Silence uh, for a couple of different reasons. Uh, first of all, this movie uh, really hit me hard. It was, you know, a really interesting performance by Liam Neeson. I'm going to leave it at interesting. Um, and then our boy Andrew Garfield playing something that was uh, uh, of something that seemed very new. 
Um, but I did overall like the story. It was a part of history that I kind of overlooked. And so looking into um, it afterwards was, was very, very neat. And that was Christianity in Japan. Um, basically, well, I don't know when that was after World War I. Um, God, I can't even remember, to be honest with you. I saw this film... It was the so annihilation of, of Christianity um, existing in Japan. And, and, and Christian persecution for that. Yes. And, and it's a thing you don't hear about a lot, actually, um, in terms of, well, the topic of Christian pers- persecution, but also these uh, real-life events as well. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So it was it was a very, very neat story. It was kind of more uh, the, the history aspects of it were very neat for me. It's like I watched The Lost City of Z, and that's a very historical uh, movie or is based off true events. Excuse me. And Silence did it for me where The Lost City of Z uh, didn't as much. Uh, I don't know if that's a good no, way to put it. totally. But. Lost City of Z I thought was honestly uh, boring, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, exactly. But Silence, which took a, a similar idea, like taking an ac- accurate or like a, a part of history and expanding upon it, though a lot of it was obviously some forged details. They're uh, based on a true story, though. Well, Silence um, is, a, is a cool movie, too, because like... It's another Scorsese epic, which we haven't seen in a while. Right. We've seen him really, uh, you know, exercise his um, his creativity in terms of uh, like production design and set design, and also uh, you know the action films he makes and these kind of like mobster and uh, scum of the earth kind of characters that he's so well at telling. And he kind of went back and did some of his you know some of his older work really, and, and made an epic. And this movie, I think, is like. How long is this goddamn movie? It's pretty long. It's like th- just over three hours, which is Kyle's favorite length of film. <laughs> Two now, hours and 15 minutes, though? Fuck that. That's the worst length of film. <laughs> that shit pisses me off. If you got a minute movie that's like 70 to 90 minutes, I'm sold. I'm into it. Anything over that, I hate it. Anything under three hours, I hate it. Three hours, though? Solid Fucking time. Fucking perfect. I'm into it. Um, no, Sounds is great, man. I think Sounds is a film actually... Like, I feel like I don't have enough, um, not a right, but I just don't have enough knowledge to talk on it. I feel like it's a film I'd like to revisit, honestly. It, uh, it's a, it's a, it is really it's is very a super... dense in the history aspect that you're talking about. But, sure. he, and but even the imagery that's they what, show and stuff. That's what drew me in was, uh, you know, the, the historical aspect of it. Though, like, in theory, if you presented to me on a piece of paper two ideas and one said uh, the lost city of Z and that story and the other one said the persecution of Christians in Japan, th- just based on ideas, right. not yeah. knowing any chosen directors or anything, if one, some random guy just said, what do you think of these two ideas? I would have said the lost city of Z every time, that idea and that story and yeah. finding the lost treasure. I would have instantly thought that was more... Uh, more interesting. However, after watching both of those films, which I think are very uh, easy to compare. Well, they have um, this like journey, journey to a foreign land aspect, you know? Yeah, for sure. And based on uh, historically accurate events um, that after watching both of them, Scorsese did a a fantastic job. Well, That's a testament to his craft. I mean, the the guy's one of the best to ever do it. For sure. He just proves it uh, time and time again. Um, also, Andrew Garfield's performance is actually underrated in this movie, like legitimately underrated, because he got nominated for Best Actor for um, uh, Hacksaw Ridge, which is Christian propaganda as far as I'm concerned. And then he didn't get nominated for this film, which is like the better performance of the two. Almost. And like just like, the actual films aside, definitely, like he, his performance is almost hokey in Hacksaw Ridge. It's almost as if they like forgot what movie they were voting for, and they just said, "Oh, that Andrew Garfield one. We'll, we'll get that kid, that Andrew Garfield one." <laughs> and they just they just wrote down Hacksaw Ridge instead of Silence because it's honestly it's it's dumbfounding because he's. It's. I'm not just saying that. Like he's actually really good. In this movie. No, uh, especially especially towards the end, and I don't want to give anything away. But I think that being said, that was our our our, our uh, that's our pre-show to the. To that the... was our precursor. <laughs> that was our our honorable mentions. Both Patterson and Silence. Silence yeah. is kind of cheating because it did come out very very late 2016. But we're gonna well, we're gonna let that, it slide. That's fine. Still this time around, still works. Um, all right, Daniel. Do you want to get into your number five of 2017 so far? My number five of 2017 is Logan. Ah, Logan's a fun one. You know what? I didn't. I hard for me to believe that there's a superhero movie on my uh, number. F- well, is there? I mean, I guess the whole market is flooded with fucking superhero. Movies. I mean, it, it was a, it was a, it, it was about time that one of them would be good. Yeah, or some of them would be good. You know, for sure. Like, and uh, of of course, there's been good ones in the past, obviously, but uh. 
more or less, this was, I mean, this was one that just surprised me. I did not expect to like this one that much. No, I'm absolutely not. And uh, it was almost, it was perfectly serious and and sort of comic booky at the same time. Like, oh yeah, totally. Like it had this uh, this this mildly hokey element towards the end in the boss fight, but it still had this like serious undertone, and right. it was it was dramatic and it had kind of the perfect uh, uh, reveal. Of, of a new character who I shouldn't name for spoiler. No, I mean, justice. it's it's not even, like, I think just talking about the film's quality in general is probably why you enjoyed it. And it's it's a it's a strong film that knows what bounds it wants to get to and also knows its tone. And that, to me, is, like, hands down, the biggest issue in Hollywood right now is tone. No one yeah. knows what the fuck the tone of the film should be. And it's it's a it's a rapid issue in so many films. That might have a lot to do with the fucking you know twenty eight different tones coming from twenty eight different writers in the writer room. Oh yeah, I mean Kong Skull Island. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. That movie made no sense in a way. <laughs> I mean, I want it. Anyways, I won't get into that again. But yeah, no, I'm with you, man. I think Logan's just a good example of telling a story in kind of an interesting way because we've never seen Wolverine this this way before no, we and haven't. doing it well. Oh, and it's a great way to finish off a series. Like it, it took this, it took a slightly new approach with similar characters and, and it, it absolutely just summed up the series very well. They're apparently doing more X-Men movies just without Wolverine. I, I, I doesn't surprise Wolverine, me much. Right. Or at least, you know, this iteration of Wolverine. Well, Hugh Jackman's got to be pretty fucking done with playing Wolverine now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, I, he's made a pretty good career for himself just out of Wolverine alone. He, he, he said this is his last one, last time doing it. So, I mean, whatever, good for him. I mean, he I'm made sure that he'll make, he'll resurface as like It'll make happen, a fag yeah. appearance in five years. Yeah, like a cameo. But, yeah. And I was, holy shit, did not realize how much money this thing made. It only cost 97 million and made 616 mil. That, that is honestly, this That's is an respect. example of uh, of Hollywood doing it well because they didn't they didn't on even a have fucking respectable budget. Now we have talked about this movie before, I think, on Off the Cup. We did, and we'll you know so if, you know we can hear more of our thoughts there. And but even at the time of us recording that, um, although I do remember it being successful financially, it's obviously surpassed that even more. Well surpassed that. So yeah. that, that's awesome. I'm happy to see that. I think. I agree. So Kyle, what was your number five choice? Number five is a movie we have already talked as well before on Off the Cuff, and I guess we can preface saying that some of these will fit there, of course, but. You know, we're just, you know, we're giving a refresher. Maybe our opinions have changed a little bit. Maybe they've been better or worse. I don't know. The, yeah, this is an example of an opinion that's kind of escalated. Yeah, me. I think, yeah. So this is one we could, I talked, we could you know, link in the show notes about, like, we've talked, we've talked about it before. And, of course, this one is uh, colossal in number five slot for me. Right, starring uh, Anne, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Which, which away? Hathaway. Hey, is that, that pretty good? That's pretty good. Thanks, man. Uh, also, Jason Sudeikis, which if you ever like look at the way Sudeikis is spelt, it doesn't look like Sudeikis. It looks like Sudeikis. It's just kind of weird. It freaks me out a bit for some reason, but I'll I'll let that I'll leave that alone for now. Um, no, Colossus is a cool movie. This is a monster movie and a story about depression, kind of. And honestly, like full disclosure, the movie's messy. It's it's it's, it's yeah, it's a little bit too complex it's, almost. It's poorly constructed in a lot of ways. In like I was struggling. With some other flicks to put on here, um, like Split or even Spider-Man. But, uh, you know, I think when I'm looking back at the years so far, um, I'm looking at quality, but I'm also looking at films that have, like, stuck with me. And Colossal is definitely an example of that, where maybe it's in the fifth spot, so I'm not, like, putting it high on the list because I think it's, like, a, a good example of uh, excellent filmmaking or exceeding a, exceeding levels of good filmmaking. I just think that it has... a it has unique qualities that I think should be merited. I actually some original even, ideas. I even yeah. wrote a little like thing for for a local um, a local p- website. I can link in the show notes as well. You can hear some more thoughts on that. So yeah. I won't talk about it at such a long length. But um, I do recommend Colossal. It was a movie that actually was getting a lot of hype coming out of Sundance and TIFF and other festivals. Um, and I think it just had a kind of a lukewarm, polarizing response. Um, and if you're someone who is on the fence about it. I'd highly recommend checking it out. It 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 definitely brings uh, questions about filmmaking and direction and, and complexity and refinement to the table. So yeah, I also agree. It's something to check out, even though um, it it didn't make my list. Yeah, no, it's 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 not for everyone, but I think it's uh it's worth checking out. Yeah. So number four for you, what's that gonna be? Number four for me is wow, another fucking superhero movie. Actually, uh, Spider Man Homecoming. Spidey. 
Man, that's cool, dude. That's cool. So like we just talked about this not too long ago, and this is pretty fresh in everyone's in everyone's heads, probably still a bit. So what are your thoughts on Spotty now? Obviously okay. good, I guess. Well, first of all, because the market is like ridiculously flooded with superhero movies, we have to talk about superhero movies. Whether we want any more superhero movies or not, it doesn't fucking matter. We're going to end up talking about them because there's so many of them, and it's what Hollywood is spending shitloads of money on. So I think this and Logan are both examples of movies that did what they set out to do well. Right. Um Captivated an audience, uh, had a, a clear target audience. Um, it told the story well. Um, there was uh, there was there was few tone issues, if any, in this movie. No, no, I think I'm. I was immediately scared, like the first like two minutes of this movie with like the, yeah. the introduction to uh, Michael Keaton's character, and I was like, oh god, please no, this is. And then it it, it really uh, it subverted any expectation it, I had on it. It it totally was a, a really nice balance uh, balanced superhero movie um, that felt. Uh, realistic and not fucking world altering and changing. It felt like what Spider Man is supposed to be, and and uh, for that reason, it's uh, number four. Spider Man is number four for me. I mean, I'm with you on that. Like this, that this movie is just one. Like it's fun. It's like not like it. It takes itself serious enough because it's Spider Man, and Spider Man has stakes, and he should feel like it has stakes. But like, it's not dark and dreary. No one really dies a whole lot. It's just like. He's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's Spidey-Man. It's, it's and he's Spidey. also not trying to, like, save the world. The world doesn't depend on him. It that just, was a huge part just of like it, Just like his neighborhood sure. is, like, in peril, and he's friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Matter of fact, fucking Tony Stark is right around the corner going, ah, whatever, fucking kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and here Spidey-Man is, like, fucking proving himself by taking care of the smaller battles and proving that there is some other... He brings some stuff to the table. So it is... Yeah, and I, I will, I'll say, like, the, the Tony Stark bits are the only reason why it didn't make my list to be completely honest right not that i think it like um made the film a weak film or even like really brought it down in terms of like pacing it, it worked honestly it worked in the context of the film and just looking at it i just it, it's a marvel movie that has to tie it to all their yeah, other marvel it, movies it pissed me off just enough not to list it i'll put it exactly that. it's it's the franchise that's kind of frustrating because they keep pumping out these fucking movies yeah they just can't um, help but do it and the fact that they had to lump this in with the other categories of spider or other movies which fine i get that that's what they're doing and i get that they're building a universe but still it's kind of like why couldn't we have a nice spider-man homecoming standalone movie you know that would have been we don't cool live in that too. world we just, that's just not a real reality unfortunately not unfortunately um, not i'll get into my number four i guess yeah my number four <laughs> what we just talked about of course is logan Oh, shout out to my boy Logan Paul. Everyone join the Low Gang. Oh my That's goodness! That's my boy Gang Gang. Yeah, Logan style. Gang Gang. It's every day, bro. Team Ten. London is my city. Um, uh, but uh, or England is my city. That would have been correct if you said London. Anyways, right. Right. Besides the point. Uh, no, actually, like we already talked about it enough, so I won't dwell. But uh, Logan, I thought was actually like. It's, it, it was what I needed, honestly, because we had been seeing so much bullshit um, and continued to after this, unfortunately. But at the time, it was just like I didn't have any faith in superhero movies um, due to what Daniel was talking about with the overabundance of them in the market. And just just the fact that even the ones that were coming out, I don't have a necessarily, I don't have an issue with them inherently. It's just the ones that even are being released don't have much of a artistic or creative merit to me that just that make them yeah. meaning meaningful or memorable to me it's like steamrolled garbage it's like it's like honestly it's like taking a built brand already and capitalizing on a few of them well, and it, mashing it, them all together it's like a fucking it could just feels like a dirty cesspool of used ideas it's like if you were to take all those cesspool ideas into a microsoft excel sheet and just calculate how they should be uh done to every single fucking scene ever made that's these movies it's just right. like calculated so precisely and it feels that way they feel robotic but even though i'm sure some of that went into the creation of logan logan feels so um its own thing kind of how you're talking about spider-man how you wish you could you just have a spider-man yeah honestly i think that's how we felt with logan like of course it has other x-men characters and aspects sure. of the universe but i mean it's so far removed even from like something like days of future past or um i never saw the apocalypse film but would you say yeah. that's removed from it yeah oh absolutely yeah. it's so, it, it just is different and it is its own thing yeah even even in terms of like color palette it feels like a fucking mad max movie a lot of the time like it's it's so um 
so versatile in a lot of ways, and it's really gripping. And I, I mean, I, I can't speak any more highly of it in a, in a way in terms of the context of its film of, of this film in particular. Um, if you haven't seen Logan yet, Peep Game. I think it's really good, and of course, I totally agree. Hugh Jackman gives a great performance. Do you so. do you remember the do you remember the time when you could sit down and and watch a series with your dad, like the first two or like the the three movies of this or the two movies of that, or even this, you know, the however many Star Wars movies. You know, remember when you could just watch like a collection of movies, like a trilogy? Yeah, I mean, I I want to blame Harry Potter for that because he started pumping out like eight of them. Because we're going to fucking be with our kids watching 39 fucking superhero movies. I will movies. not be. I'll tell you right now. I will not be. I to. Like, if you're trying to watch Age of Ultron blind right now, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. you got to watch it. Like, honestly, I think like six to even understand that. If you're trying to watch Iron Man 3, arguably the best Iron Man, I'll stand by that. You still wow. got to watch like five like five movies before that for it to make any sense. That's kind of true. It's a lot of... Yeah, no. I mean... That's just too bad. But um, what's your number three, man? Let's move on to number three. Uh, for me, it is uh, John Wick Two. Deuce, Bigelow, European wow. Gigolo. Like what? I first of all, I loved John Wick One. Um, I love action movies in general. I'm generally a Keanu Reeves fan. Yeah, shout out to um, Keanu. And, uh, and I, and I, you know, I like the whole idea of building like a spy, um, kind of, uh, action underworld. I, I I absolutely love that. Would you call it a spy universe? Fuck no. Is there a drama universe coming up right now? I'm hoping that they're going to cap it at like three. Is really what I'm hoping they're going to cap you, it at. It would be a fantastic trilogy boy. and fucking push it aside and move on to the next idea. That would be awesome. If I you, could buy John Wick 1, 2, young, and 3, fucking boy. boom. There's going to be like 25 God. fucking John Wick movies. God damn it. Don't say shit like that. <laughs> I, I, Why can't I'll, they do I'll it like 21 and 22 Jump Street? I'll it's take, like they did the two. Yeah. They were good. Fucking they're called it quits. They're making a third one, by the way. It's a God call. fucking damn it. <laughs> it's a crossover with Men in Black. I can't this, make this shit up. This sounds fucking horrible. Okay. I'll I take wanna, the back seat, though, because I haven't even seen John Wick 1, so I haven't seen number 2. So you like this a lot. Tell me why. Uh, it's a it's an excellent action movie. Uh, the, the story is relatively simplistic. There's some really cool world building that happens in the movie and some awesome action scenes. The audio uh, and, and the, the, the sound effects are... are great uh and it just basically they made a really well done action movie updated for 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 2016 and 17 for john or 15 for john wick i think does it live up to the the original film uh i have never seen the original really actually yeah interesting but these were fucking fabulous they were awesome dude i i absolutely loved it i love the world building i'm looking forward to seeing so you didn't see john wick one I saw John Wick one. Oh, I didn't know there. Were, I, I meant just that's what I meant, like the original. Oh, it, oh. I wasn't sure if there are, are originals. So I'm just saying, like. I don't think there are. That I was kind of shocked when you said oh. that. Actually, if there is originals, feel free to correct us in the comments. But I have no idea. I just to, meant, I meant John Wick one. Sorry. To my understanding, yes, I, I have. I saw John Wick. Because I was about to be very surprised. Like shit, you liked it this much. You didn't even see the first one. That's pretty impressive. No, I liked John Wick one so much. I had to fucking right, see John Wick right. two as soon as I possibly could, and I think they were both. I thought they were both fantastic fucking action movies. Mind you, I'm a sucker for action movies like the Born, Born Identity, Supremacy, Ultimatum, all those series. Like, Born, just Born, Jason Born. Um, that one's a little more lukewarm for me, but anyways, um, <laughs> I never did see it. I can't say. <laughs> and then there's some one jank off spinoff, Legacy, Born Legacy. Oh yeah, with with a Hawkeye. Yeah, with Hawkeye. Actually, wait, does that mean Jason Bourne's in the Marvel universe? I don't know. I think he is. No, he's not. Fact check. So, but yeah, John Wick 2, if you're looking for a well put together, um, exciting action movie, um, and you want to be, uh, you kind of want to be left floored, this is the movie for you. Deal. Cool. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I'll peep game. I've been meaning to. I'll definitely watch the first one though and uh, get there eventually. Uh, I'll go into my number three. That's cool. Yeah. My number three is Get Out. Now, this is the one Jordan Peele directed, of course, that came out this year. The, I guess, comedy thriller of sorts. I don't even know if I would call it a... I guess it's kind of a comedy. comedy There's some some comedy relief elements There's way too much. There's way too much comic relief for it not to be a comedy. There's literally moments... That's one of my favorite moments of this film is where there's like these tense, like... 
um, you know, horror-like sound effects going on, and everything's like, do you, do you, do you? And then he calls his buddy on the phone. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? How are you doing? And it's just like this deadpan kind of like almost a quietness on the other end. And It is it is cool the way they contrast it, the comedic it almost, elements. It almost with. reminds me of like, um, it's not as zany as this, but it's like kind of a similar feel of like certain scenes from like a scary movie film done really oh, right. well. I wouldn't say like the overall tone and feel of a scary movie. movie well, but they like, take way more on the comedy side. Exactly. Like if you balance the yeah. scale almost. or And I mean, if we're talking about like getting tone right, Get Out's just so fucking ingenious. And um, this is a movie I only actually gave a three and a half out of five originally, but it's grown on me so much. I've, I've seen it a couple times since. Yeah. And um, I mean, there's, there's, there's just aspects of this movie that just feel like um, the hints of a classic in a way, honestly. Yeah. I think this is the kind of film that people will be going back to. I would say, especially horror fans, in a lot of way, will be oh, go, will be going sure. back to uh, ten, fifteen years from now, and saying this was a change in horror done well or thrillers done well. Again, we don't have much like knowledge in this because I actually hate horror movies. Full disclosure, but this, even if you were to lump it in that category, I think is is just doing a lot of things right, and it's actually just good filmmaking because it's telling a story. It's like borderline thriller. Yeah, it's, oh, it's telling a story in a in an effective manner. That's not that's not shoehorned, or it's not like counting on gore or counting on so much suspense. It's really uh, it's really just about the characters, and it's about uh, the tension the characters are in and the circumstances they found themselves in. And it also plays with the audience's expectation of how certain characters should be acting. And it even starts, you know, not necessarily creates moral dilemma, but it creates, um, you know. Uh, pushes the but pushes the buttons on like your preconceived notions on certain uh, socioeconomic ideas in ways that it almost has like I just didn't expect it to even though I had some idea it would be and it it's just really smart and I don't know I I, I would I wouldn't mind uh, maybe talking about it at a later date more about it but I think Get Out is just a, is a smart funny and uh, creative horror film. It's an, yeah, overall entertaining horror thriller comedy. Yeah, I fuck with it. I'm into it. I .com it. If I owned getout.com, I'd be repping that right now. Damn. Wow. That's all I got to say. I think we should leave it there, and I'm going to jump into number two, which you guessed it, folks. Get out. Um, I'll say this to that. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of town. Get it, because it's get out. Get out. Well, I don't think there's much left to be said about yeah. this movie. I, you know, I, I enjoyed it uh, just as much as as you did. It was it's it's fantastic. It it really kind of uh, maybe opened me up to future horror movies more than I have in the past because, like like you mentioned, I'm not a huge horror fan either. Thrillers, uh, I would fuck with a little bit more, uh, but this would potentially open the door for for horror movies and and thrillers to come out in the future. So I appreciate it for doing that and i think I'll, I'll leave it there yeah i mean i'm not opposed to horror movies i just think generally speaking they're of a lesser quality and i would just you know i'd rather watch movies that look better i agree i think yeah i agree i mean yeah um all right also i guess like just like also just say like i think a bunch of the movies we just talked about we have other off the cuffs on so i'll link all of those yeah so you for can sure. if you want to hear more thoughts on it um you can hear it there we have covered a, lo- a lot yeah. of these uh okay i guess my number two oh god do I last minute do a quick change? It's up to you, boy. No, I'll keep it as number two is a uh, baby driver for me. Now, baby driver is fan fucking tastic. I liken this film to a film like Back to the Future, or even something like The Nice Guys we were just talking about for a couple sure. weeks ago. For and it, sure. And it, it only reason I say that, not even in terms of like similarities in the specific films. It's about that feel or that vibe, if you will, that it's it's fun, it's accessible, and it's entertaining. And it does all those things not only um, well, but it it excels in doing that because it it's of a higher quality. It's it's not only that, but it's good filmmaking and it's good story structure. And Edgar Wright just fucking knocked it out of the park with Baby Driver. He did, and this is almost out of his territory, well, considerably out of his out of his reach in his last few films, which is the the Cornetto trilogy. Or yeah, whatever. The, exactly. I never so. did see that last one. The the the, the world's, world's end. It's pretty good. I I the first two are are much better, but it's. It's still a good movie. I would still recommend it. I've been meaning to watch that for years, but just in terms of Baby Driver, 
uh, I mean, you see those tried and true Edgar, Edgar Wright uh, moments in it. Of course, you see the. But in a different way, like he doesn't, he almost doesn't do it too much. Like, well, he slows how, it down a bit, you know. And and the more I think about it, it's like when you take the Cornetto trilogy as a trilogy, maybe that's how it was supposed to be, you know. Because even if you look at the Cornetto trilogy and then you look at uh, something like uh, Scott Pilgrim. Scott yeah. Pilgrim has those aspects of Edgar Wright, but it still is Scott Pilgrim. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And I, I would maybe more so start to compare Baby Driver to that film rather than the Kinetto trilogy. I agree, because it's a little bit more standalone. It's a little bit more its own thing. It's its own thing, exactly. And God damn it, is that just the best way to put it? Because this honestly feels like a very accessible Tarantino film. It feels like if... that That's a really good way to put it. It's it, an it intro has, to good classic filmmaking and good script writing as a matter of fact well it, i don't know and a lot of people were having issues with the romance in this movie and i mean sure maybe just some of the weaker um parts of the screenplay but honestly the way those were put on screen is what gripped me into this movie people said that it did not have an emotional connection but god that's what sold me for it i really you know the opening sequence as amazing and as interesting and as well done as it was to me it felt a little trite it felt a little bit um it felt a little unoriginal, but done well, if that makes any sense. But as soon as like the characters became involved and there was the stakes of the characters and there was this uh, importance on relationship, that's when I was sold. And I was like, this is actually beautiful. Like Their relationship felt so giddy to me. I, I almost had like this feeling of like puppy love when like you know you meet someone you like for the first time. I, got I, I felt that. I really did. There was like sparkles in this in this laundry room scene and it, it, it wasn't like heavy hands or anything. It felt so... Um, well crafted to be like an an old school like fifties love story, and that's what he was presenting to you in the modern age. I, it was great. I I I agree, and I think th I agree for the most part. I think my I I absolutely love the movie. I'm I'm totally flo floored and and ready to see it again as soon as I can get out to the theater to see it or wait until it comes out. Um, I think there was a little bit lacking in romance, but I think it maybe reflects the era that we live in today um, a little bit more because I think even 20, 30 years ago, seeing someone was enough to know that you were in love with them when today people are a little bit more weary to make decisions like that there's a little bit more right, like, uh, testing that goes on in relationships and i think relationships as a whole maybe have gotten a little bit more complex so us watching something that's so beautifully simplistic in some ways um obviously visually it's 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 gorgeous well, and they really show off i, I I can understand uh, the gripe. I can understand the gripe because, in a way, the rest of the film is very complex and not simplistic. So when you have these aspects thrown in that are very simple, it's a little jarring and you, you kind of want more. You want a bit more explanation. Yeah. But for me, honestly, it was enough. It was enough. I didn't want any more. I didn't want any less. It felt right because in the context of Baby and the, the love interest, it, you know, it made sense. To me, right. it made sense in the context of those two characters. I mean... In the and grand I, scheme of things, I get it to be a gripe, but I just personally didn't feel that way. I could have done with... Uh, you notice how the, th there was a scene in the movie where... Um, I think... I can't remember her name. Janet, Janine, Diane. I don't know. I can't remember um, his love interest's name. But Baby and her are having a conversation at the diner. Um, and that was kind of the prelude to their relationship. Um, I could have done with like maybe one more scene similar to that after they'd already been in a relationship or after there was the sense of danger or maybe it was in this like honeymoon phase of their relationship where they were like, maybe they, they spoke a little bit more when they were at, out at dinner. Uh, I, mean, I mean, honestly, I don't even care if they didn't. I think it was just simply a love at first sight kind of idea. I, and I, I rolled with it. I respect that. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any huge gripes with it. I think if there was something to pick at in this movie, which there's very little, that would be the point to... to to, to talk about right. um, but I did absolutely love the movie and actually in con in contrast to you the the opening scene is really what got me and I don't know if it was like nostalgic almost to what I had seen in other movies or comparing it to other movies subconsciously but there was something about it that I was just like already having fun yeah yeah the movie throws you right in um yeah I don't know, is this a good transition to go into your number one? <laughs> I think it is a good transition because my number one is, of course, Baby Driver. Hey, by the, girl, by the way, the girl's name is Deborah. Deborah. Great girl. Got it. Um, no, man, like, I mean, That's I right, get it. That's right, because there's that song. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, it's, you know, I mean, the, the, 
intro I like. I do like it, but it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said it like that sold me because it was. I mean, the only issue I have with this movie sometimes is that it is not as creative as I think people give it credit for. That being said, I think the movie exceeds in other things than its creativity. I I can get on board with that for that's, sure. I mean, we always respect an, an original idea, but even if it's not original, as long as it's its own thing and it, and it yeah. does it well, then I don't have a problem with it too. And I, I mean, think that's what you're saying. If you want to go back to a year ago and listen to our Drive podcast, you can hear about Baby Driver in a way. Yeah. <laughs> wow, maybe a little bit of shade. Sorry, throw. shots fired, but like uh, that's just the point I'm trying to get at. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. But that is my number one, and that concludes my list from Logan, Spider-Man Homecoming, John Wick 2, Get Out, and lastly, Baby Driver. Kyle, what makes your number one movie? Now, Baby one? Driver almost made a number one. You saw me kind of live in person almost contemplate that. But number one for me is going to be Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled. Um, this movie is just, oh God, it's... It's still kind of festering in my head, to be honest with you. I've yet to see it, actually. Because so. I, I actually sat down to write a review for this. Yeah. And, um, you know, this might sound negative in a way, but I like, not a lot was coming to me to, like, give, like, a point of view or a question to ask or an idea to uh, put to the table, which is kind of what I like to do with a written review. And there wasn't just anything coming to me. But then I kind of realized that it's because everything that I was given was left on the screen in a way. It was, like, substantial. There was nothing to elaborate on well there's a lot to elaborate on and, and more or less i just think it's 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 very simple ideas that i need to be elaborated on it's not like it's not like digging into like a, a hidden idea or a hidden metaphor it's like what she laid on the script and what she laid on the screen is exactly what's there so it's almost like although there's a lot to talk about and say what i liked or what i didn't like there's a, not a lot to elaborate on in a, like a philosophical sense, I feel. Which is interesting because with a film like this, I was kind of expecting to. And I think maybe yeah. that's why I was having a hard time uh, you know, articulating ideas to write about. But, I mean, the movie is just so fucking beautiful. Like, it, it's this soft, uh, this soft southern gothic like atmosphere that really just brings you in. And the movie sits at 92 minutes hour and a half, beautiful time, and it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point, it creates the tension when it needs to, it creates the conflict when it has to, and the performances only, you know, exacerbate that, and it, it strengthens every single scene in this movie to a T. It's very, very calculated, and there's not a lot of, um, you know, quietness and long shots, with Sof with, which Sofia Coppola is very famous for, although they do creep their way in, they're almost like cut in half in a way, because the runtime, of course. I can I can definitely appreciate when a director uh, or a writer is, is clearly trying something new and even doing it well. Because if you're trying something new and doing a terrible job of it, it's kind of like, all right, maybe let's go back to what you're doing before. That right. was better. Yeah, she's trying something new. But, and, and even better than yet, she's doing an adapted material. This is based off a novel, and it's also a Clint Eastwood film from, 19, from the 1970s. So something new and something new for her, right? Yeah, that's, and, and, and she, she's building upon that in her style because even though some of these tropes that you would even say are maybe lacking, it feels so much like a Sofia Coppola movie. And I mean, up up until this movie, I was watching all of her filmography. I've actually yet to see, um, uh, Kirsten Dunst, she's like a princess or something. Um, Let Them Eat Cake, History, King Henry the 16th, Marie Antoinette. Oh, I've yet Marie to watch, Antoinette. I've yet yeah. to watch Marie right. Antoinette. Forgot about that. I've been meaning movie. to. I actually like have the DVD. That's another theme of movie that kind of just like, bores like, me a little bit like, sometimes. Like royal period pieces. Yeah, like less. Macbeth. That's like I would I would still see Macbeth, but because of our boy Fassbender yeah, being up. in it. Big yeah. dick. Yeah. Huge cock. Huge cock. Um, but <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm with you on that. I'll watch it one day. But I don't know. I, I think um, I'll just say this. It is the film that stayed with me the most this year. It's the film when I just like picture one still in my head. It's like the entire color palette's there. The entire set design is there. And I get the entire emotion of the way the film is trying to get across. And I think that's just, to me, that's just expert filmmaking. And that's just a great telling of her craft. She won Best Director at Kansas here for it. And I think Sophie Coppola is like just becoming one of my favorite directors. She's fucking nailing it. I think Somewhere is super underrated. Watch that. That's Kyle's Pick of the Week, Somewhere by Sophie Coppola. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, Beguile's my number one. So, we're so gonna, maybe go over your list a little bit. Yeah. Like I, so number yeah. five is Colossal. Number four is Logan. Number three is Get Out. Number two, Baby Driver. And number one, The Beguiled. 
that's that's been it for 2017 so far and I, I think we're going to leave it here, but quickly, maybe another honorable mention. What's that movie Gavin saw instead of Spirited Away at the Roxy the other night? Oh, uh, I recently watched that. Have, have Mercy? S- certain Women. Certain Women. <laughs> have Mercy. No, Certain <laughs> Women, uh, that actually came out last year, technically. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's on DVD already. Just the theater in our city just played it so late and, and, it's, oh. and it's run. But gotcha. I would recommend Certain Women. That's a solid 4.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd right oh, now. Oh, damn. If you are curious to check us out, guys, before the break, make sure to go to www.letterboxd.com slash the second viewing. Slash can, TSV, Slash TSV, my bad. You can also donate to us on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the second viewing we're gonna take a break right now we'll come right back with some upcoming releases we're taking our time it's been half a year so we can take half a year making this cast we'll see you there And we're back, folks. We've just taken a little breather. We've restocked the old cooler. And we're going to get back to you guys and start talking a little bit about our movie, our... Upcoming releases. Our, our, upcoming our movie releases. wishes. Yeah. Our movie wants. The things we're excited to see for the rest of the year here. This year of 2017, of course. Yeah. We actually, honestly, have a lot of fucking movies down here. I we're going to try actually, and just concise as much as we can, I think. And I didn't try to number these guys because, well, I mean... No, I mean, yeah, I, I, put, I, I put them in terms of a release date, I guess. I didn't even write the dates, but just like in order of when they're supposed to come out. Right. Yeah. So do you want to kick it off with uh, one of yours, Kyle? Okay, well, this one, I don't actually know when it's going to come out, but I know it's going to be a Netflix release. It got it premiered at Cannes like two months ago, so as far as I'm concerned, it could come out at any moment now. And that's The Mayor Witt Stories, which uh, stars our friend and yours, Adam Sandler. And oh, uh, fucking respect. <laughs> is directed by Noah Baumbach, who has done a lot of movies like The Squid and the Whale, Francis Ha. And really, Adam Sandler's cast for this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, also, Ben Stiller's in it. But Ben Stiller and Noah Baumbach have uh, you know, a colorful past. They've been in a lot of films together. So that doesn't actually surprise me a whole lot. But, I mean, you get Ben Stiller, you get Adam Sandler, Emma Thompson, Dustin Hoffman... It sounds like it's gonna be really interesting. You think Adam, Adam, Adam gonna, Driver's in here too, actually. Do you think Adam Sandler's gonna try and make like a comeback because everyone's been talking shit on him for like the last five years? <sighs> Honestly, no. I think this will be a one-off, like decent movie that he makes, and then he makes ten more shitty ones. It's like Punch Drug Glove, um, Funny People. Like he always makes one or two good movies, and then he just he just he just has explosive the rest is diarrhea. Garbage. <laughs> Just shits all over everyone's face. But well, because I'm you, excited. Because you have a few more movies to choose from from me, why don't you go ahead and jump into your next one as well? Sure. Well, I, I will just elaborate a little bit on Mirror with stories that it's some sort of like New York like God, crime newspaper sort of situation. I don't really know. There's not much information on it, but just the all reviews right. coming out of Cannes is saying that it's going to be kind fantastic. Of germ- journalism, journalism on crime in New York. Yeah, something like that. It, it, but honestly, just the people involved get me excited, so that's why I'm looking forward to that one. And another one I'll bring up, which also premiered at Cannes, is Good Time with Robert Pattinson. Now, I don't think you've seen the trailer for this one, Dem, but no, I, haven't. I highly uh, recommend you peep game because it seems like a movie you would really enjoy. Um, okay. Uh, it has Robert Pattinson in the lead role, and it's kind of this... Uh, I guess another like crime thriller, I guess, where there's some sort of gang activity where th- uh, Robert Pattinson and his brother uh, are getting involved and his brother goes to jail and he wants to basically pay bail to get his brother out of jail and he has to go through a lot of leaps and bounds to do that and has to meet, a, from what the trailer shows, a lot of like hilarious and like interesting characters, shady characters. To, to kind of make that happen and just the the look and the style of the film is the kind of you know that nice dark like nighttime neon look really interesting yeah um and uh i mean just based off the three minute trailer that's out there that we can link in the show notes you guys can take a look at it looks like a lot of fun um you know it's getting put through a24 who's probably one of my favorite producers and they're doing a lot of good flicks spring breakers notably american honey notably um under the Skin, notably. A lot of my faves. Um, anyway, so not a lot to say, I guess, because there's not much information out except for those who saw it at Cannes. But, but pay attention for yeah. this, guys, because so it's what's, starting to look like a cool flick. Totally. Yeah, what's one you want to bring up to the table here? Um, I guess I'll bl- bring up Blade Runner 2049. I know it's on both of our lists. Um, I'm excited for this movie for... I'm like almost resentfully excited for this movie. Dang. Um, Why so? What do you mean by that? 
Uh, mainly because of uh, interviews I've seen of Ridley Scott in the last like few months, and how much of a fucking tool he is, yeah, and Rid- and also Alien Covenant kind of being like. I never did see that. Apparently, it's like not very good, but it never looked good. I'll be honest. Exactly. It's it's I I don't understand why it exists. I guess is. Ridley Scott's a weird guy, right? Because like he makes a lot of fucking trash, but then he'll come out and make like a really good flick, like The Martian, or he'll make like Gladiator, or, like you know, like the guy. Well, and Blade Runner's considered a, a well, I guess like a sci-fi classic, right? hundred oh, percent, definitely, yeah, uh, of course. But I'm just talking even in the last like 10, 15 years, like the guy's been so uh, uneven in terms of quality with his releases. Right. So I guess though a positive out of this is that he's not directing it; he's producing it. Denis Villeneuve, who directed Arrival, is directing this film. Right. So, I mean, and Denis and, has, I mean, all of his movies are fucking great. Passengers is great. Incendiaries is great. Enemy is great. The guy's on fire, actually, at this point. I'll right. be honest with you. And but I liked Arrival enough to be excited about this one. Oh, for, for sure. Like, I'm excited about it. I guess I, I said I'm resentfully excited about it because, I don't know, I've heard some shit that Ridley Scott has been talking about doing and showing off and bringing to light. I don't want, I don't know if I want to spoil the, can I spoil the first Blade Runner? It's been out for fucking like yeah, 40 years. Yeah, you can definitely spoil that. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> like the replicants being, uh, or spoiling the fact that what's his name? Um, is a replicant. Is a replicant. Yeah. Ridley Scott's been talking about fucking bringing that to life, but in my mind... It doesn't it, make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't movie. make any sense because they're yeah. not supposed to live as long as they have. And if he is a replicant, how did he go in hiding and and make it out alive? And well, I get th- that he retired and kind of fell in love with the replicant. But those are the those are the obvious questions. Now, I guess the only thing that will you know tell if it's a good film or not is if those questions are answered and if those answers make sense. Oh. Right. And if they do, then cool. And if not, then I'm with you in thinking. Then I just the think the point? fact that some of these questions are fucking... Like, the fact that Ridley Scott has been fighting so hard for um, Harrison Ford to be... Or, to have been a replicant is is almost kind of frustrating in itself. I actually, I think that's a good thing. If he's really fighting for it, then he must have reasoning behind it. Therefore, there's probably something that is, you know, really pushing those ideas forward rather than just being like, okay, I'm just going to change this because I want to change it and this is what it is now. I guess it just changes my original idea of Blade Runner. And so it makes well, things a little bit different going into it. It's a not weird to say I'm not excited for it. Like, the trailer looks dope. Ryan Gosling playing another cool guy character. I dig, he's Gosling. a good He's a good, cool guy. I don't know. Like, I, it, I mean, Blade Runner was never a film for me that, like, was such an important part of my life as much as I enjoy it. But I do get that there's a large amount of people out there that are feeling, like, why is this movie being made? Like, if you're going to make it, don't fuck with my Blade Runner kind of idea. Yeah. I totally get that. The diehards um, out there. But I am I I'm guess I'm more of the camp just to say, like, wait till it comes out and see what it's like. Yeah. Until then, be cautiously optimistic kind of thing. That that would be a better way to put Yeah. And I think, I, but like, I think your uh, your worries are justified and that's totally reasonable. Um, but I mean, I mean, I'm looking forward to two, to it as well. And hopefully it delivers. I'm excited. We shall see. Is there is there another one on your list, Colin? We got a lot to talk about. The next one, of course, is Battle of the Sexes. Now, listen, have you seen this trailer? It's with uh, Steve Carell and Emma Stone. They're tennis players. Oh yeah, I have seen this trailer. Yeah. See now, this movie is like your typical fucking Sundance movie if I've ever seen one. But that being said, I'm only stoked because it's the same directors of Little Miss Sunshine, and I love Little Miss Sunshine. It's a fantastic film. That was going to f- be a little bit gritty, maybe. And well, maybe not gritty, but more like dark humor. I think is yeah. really going to be a good element of it. And in the trailer, you see Steve Carell being like this, just like uh, chauvinistic Show- scumbag, and you know, yeah. but doing it fucking well because the guy's hilarious. And Emma Stone's this really uh, hard hitting and strong woman who's just trying to basically beat the guy who's talking shit on her so hard. And they have this rivalry that looks interesting and entertaining. And I think they're just two uh, lead roles that I haven't seen seen together in this uh, dynamic that I think will work together well on screen. And I'm excited to see cool. that. Like, for unfold. sure, that's a good one to bring up that actually I definitely overlooked. But yeah, no, I'm excited I, for that. I'm, I'm stoked. I mean, it's hard to say how, like, you know... Uh, exciting I'll feel about it afterwards because it's not one of those films that feels like it's going to blow me away but it's one of those movies I'm really looking forward to just to getting some like enjoyment out of and, I think yeah and talking about movies to come is always difficult because you really don't know enough to be excited but I do get I do get that lighthearted respect. and serious feeling of Little Miss Sunshine even from this trailer yeah. and um, I mean that was a film that's actually really important to me because that was one of those first movies I ever saw and I could like 
you know when you're younger and all you ever see is like blockbusters like your spider-mans and i don't know maybe yeah, star wars ha- happy endings all you ever, all not, not even that but just like these huge movies like the only movies you ever see at the theater are like the biggest movies of the year when you're younger you know but then when i was of a slightly older age i saw little miss sunshine and that was the first movie i saw when i realized that this is like an independent film this isn't like made by the same guy who made jaws <laughs> do you know what i mean right. like there was there was something behind this that's a little bit of a smaller budget and is a little bit more uh unknown or obtuse and I, I really connected with that and would grow to appreciate that over the years and because of that it really sticks in my memory so I'm excited to see their next work um, and the next one I think we're both very excited to see which coming from our boy Yorgos Lanthanos who we've talked about on the show many times in past reviews of uh, Dogtooth and of course uh, The Lobster which you got the poster back here for and his new film of course is The Killing of a Sacred Deer which looks fucking dark yeah i I, from what i understand this movie is just very uh depressing (laughs) which is saying a lot for your ghost well i mean the guy's really dark in his imagery but and his kind of like deadpan nature but never he does there's a lightly dark yeah there's a light-hearted or like there's an innocence to his film there's even comedy in a lot of ways yeah and um, sure I mean, there's no official trailer of this film. There's a few clips that I've actually stayed away from watching just because I like to if I can. I have watched one of the clips. But... Um, and the the poster alone gets me excited because I just want that fucking poster. When I'm, <laughs> that will be in my room, framed if possible. That That's going to be a big one that I'm excited for, for sure. That one is And it's starting be... our boy still. Starting our boy, a good old uh, Colin Farrell, killing it again. The guy's killing it. I forgot to mention this earlier, but in The Beguiled, he kills it again. Yeah, and you used to hate him a long time ago. Yeah, I wasn't into him. The guy was always fighting around the world. I wasn't into it. Now he's um, he's taking names and he's rocking games. I'm into it. Taking names and rocking games. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. I love it. Uh, so that's exciting. Yeah, we're moving right along. I think there's like actually two left for me. No, there's left. three left for me. What's the next one then? Um, that's going to be for you. The other two I know we agree on, so I'll bring up this one. It's... it's uh, uh, G- Kingsman Golden Circle. Oh, the sequel to Kingsman Secret Service. It was a fun. It was a fun spy oh, movie. Fantastic. Uh, and I, fantastic. yeah, it was like a, a kind of a new take on on a James Bondish type movie with a younger, fairly relatable kid. Um, I think I liked it overall. Oh, that I movie! That movie it. doesn't even take itself serious for a minute, and because of that, I love it. It's so endearing. Yeah, it, it has that like joyfulness of about of, of it, but yet it has like the gritty action of like a James Bond film. Yeah, which made it really really fun. So I'm excited to have some fun with that in theaters uh, soon. Yeah, and the, and the sequel looks good too, based off the trailer. I think um, it come. I want to say it comes out like September ish, so it's pretty quick here. That sounds about right to me too. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, if it's anything like the first, I think it'll be a good time. Uh, then I'll get into one that I know we're both excited for. And we got some history about this one a little bit, I guess, technically. We've never really officially talked about yeah, this. Yeah, we, but we should bring it up because might be a good time. It's, it's a good story. Okay, so this next flick uh, is The Disaster Artist, starring yeah. James Franco, Dave Franco, Seth Rogen, Josh Hutcherson. Like all of the crew. Yeah, the, and Sugarland Beard, which adds to my theory that Sugar from the Zone is... Fucking Seth Rogen? Yes, and or grew up with him in Vancouver, because they're both in Vancouver and... And all That's, of a sudden he's in... She's been together. in a lot of things connected directly with him. I mean, I don't know if it's coincidence... Well, that's for another day. I think maybe they could be fucking. I'm not opposed to that. I think that's Seth not. Rogen is she got that, sugar. She got that high-pitched voice that I think Seth Rogen would be into. Well, he's got that <laughs> dopey laugh. You know I, what I'm saying? I, like I feel it. like he would enjoy fucking sugar. He'd be... <laughs> she'd be like, hey, hey, I'm sugar. <laughs> Sorry, wow. is that too much? I'm going no comment strictly on that. <laughs> uh, but all right, nonetheless, good. it's got a... Colorful cast of characters going on in this movie. A lot of good actors. High, big names for small parts, which is kind of hilarious. Now, what this movie is, is a movie based on the story of The Room called The Disaster Artist, written by Greg Sestero. Yeah, so it's... Who oh, plays exactly. Mark in the movie. A movie the based Room. off a book of a movie. Yes. Now, of course, the movie... The, the thing at the epicenter of this is what's called the worst best movie of all time, basically, which is The Room, which came out in 2003. Directed, produced, written, everything done by Tommy Wiseau, the Mad Mad himself. And, um, and he is yeah. quite a fucking character. Kyle can tell you because he's <sighs> met him a couple of times. Right? I, I've met him in... I met him... I mean, if I decide to bring up a photo, I'll put it right here. But uh, <laughs> I met the man a couple times and uh, he was doing some promotion for, I think, I guess, it must have been the 10th anniversary of The Room, technically. Uh, and he was there was a screening and he came in person to our local theater where I was working at. 
And Greg Sestra was there as well, actually promoting the release of the Disaster Artist as well. Um, I, you know, and it, it was just they a were... weird coincidence that he asked me to do some work for him, so I did some work for him, and I was in correspondence with Tommy Wiseau for a while, and I once even got a phone call while I was working at Toys R Us at the time in the break room. On break, sitting there, and I get his phone call from like Wyoming because he was still on tour, I guess. And he says, "Hello," and I say, "Hello, hello. This is Tommy Wiseau, director of the room. Is Kyle there?" And my mind is like, "What the fuck is going on? I know what kind of world do I live in?" And so, honestly, really nice dude. It's so um, good. We should almost tweet at Seth Rogen and be like, "Tommy Wiseau, I did work for Tommy Wiseau once. I have something to add to the story." Or maybe. I mean, it's. I mean, he. It was interesting. Um, you know, if Tommy, you're watching this, shout out. Hope we love well. we love Tommy Wiseau. We, know, but, we got nothing bad to say about Tommy. He's fucking yeah. fantastic. He's 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 weird, but he's cool. It's a funny, dude. And the mo- the book based off that, of course, is called The Disaster Artist. And Seth Rogen and James Franco uh, bought the film rights to that book to make a live action film based on it. And uh, it, based on the like two minute trailer that just got posted a couple days ago, it looks fucking hilarious. Based off some reviews coming out of uh, South by Southwest. People are saying James Franco's performance is Oscar-worthy. So, I mean, and I was so skeptical hearing that he was going to... Like, I was excited for him to buy the rights to it. I thought that was a good choice. Yeah. But when I heard he was going to play Tommy, I was a little like, I don't know. And then when I heard Dave Franco was going to play Greg, again, I was a little like, I don't know. But then when I saw them in character, I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm into it. Oh, it's so good yeah. because, yeah, in the trailer, like, uh, Dave Franco, who plays Greg, is, like, yelling at Tommy, hey, man, good job. And that's honestly why well, I've met Greg as well. That's exactly how that guy is, honestly. Yeah. He's just, a, like, a fucking teddy bear. It's, like, a nice guy, like, salt of the earth kind of guy. In fact, when I first met him, he was wearing the scorpion jacket from Drive. No like way. Like yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, but, so yeah, that's going to be really exciting. Um, you know, that's going to be a big one. I've been looking forward to that for like three or four years now. So I'm happy, excuse me, that's finally coming out. Yeah. Um, and another big one, which I think that maybe the whole world's excited for, I guess. That's right. Is uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Do, 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 do. There you go. That's it. I, I'm not going to sing any more of the song because I'll fuck it up and everyone will hate me. Whoa. You're getting really hard on yourself there, man. I think you would have done a good job. Thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that. I'll, I'll hit you back when I can. Uh, <laughs> episode 8, though. I mean, if we have a extended thoughts on Rogue One. You guys can look at that in the show notes below. Also, I think, like, what, like the second episode or third episode of the show? Is it the second episode of the sh- podcast? I can't remember. Drew, do you remember mm. what episode of the podcast? Star Wars? Three. Episode three. three of the podcast or so is uh, the Star Wars episode seven, Force That's Awakens. Right. So the that Force was Awakens. like the the second viewing has some deep roots in Star Wars. We do, yeah. Star Wars is is a part of us now, and we'll be reviewing them for the next thirty years as the movies continue to come out on every, every Christmas. Yeah, I was and thinking then a about couple that. of filler. I was thinking that like it's sad to know that I'll probably won't be alive to know how the story ends. You know what I mean? That. That's fucking so depressing. Wow. Like, that is Episode two, fucking. apparently. We got confirmation. So that was like the first episode of the show we actually recorded in this very room in a much, much, much worse setup than we currently have. And the second episode We've we recorded upgraded with, a, a little. with our great uh, uh, member, Drew, here and his setup in his place a long time ago as well. And that was that was a lot of fun. There was a, a leap in quality, a leap in structure, and a lot of stuff for us. So, yeah, again, we're excited to see it. I actually know nothing about this because I've reframed entirely from it. I haven't watched a trailer. I haven't read a synopsis. I know nothing about it. All I've seen is the damn poster, which I must say looks fucking tight. The poster looks dope. It definitely looks dope. We actually went to go see a screening of Spirited Away a couple days ago, and they played a trailer for The Last Jedi, and I looked away and plugged my ears. It's true. Honestly, the trailer gives away as much as the poster does. Okay, well, that that's way. what I hear, but, like, I just don't want to see motion visuals. I'll okay. put it that way. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough, dude. No I'm spoilers. trying to go in blind because I did that with Force Awakens, and I, I was pleasantly... Uh, so I'm, uh, Chris, you know. It's going to be a good Christmas. It's, well, it's shaping up Christmas to be is Star a good Wars. year, guys. That's it's just how it is. Christmas is Star Wars. And the last one I will mention... Um, is The Phantom Thread, which there's very little information about this movie. It's directed by uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, who did uh, Inherent Vice, There Will Be Blood, uh, Boogie Nights. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Like, cool. One of the best directors, honestly, still making film right now. It's going to star Daniel Day-Lewis, the man himself, 
one of the best actors ever played Lincoln, of course. He was in My Left Foot. There Will Be Blood as well. Yeah. Um, and this is going to be his last acting role. And apparently he's a fashion designer in like London or LA or something. Well, Daniel Day-Lewis is like known for getting hella into oh, his he's roles. Like, like staying yeah, in character for He's a character beforehand. actor if there ever was one. And the score is going to be done by Johnny Greenwood, the guitarist for Radiohead. So there's a lot of really good names behind this. That's and fucking cool. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be very exciting. So and that's supposed to come out on Christmas Day allegedly. So we'll see when we actually end up seeing that ourselves. I but guess you know. What? Sorry, go ahead. I'm I, not, I, but more or less, it's just like there's a lot of mystery behind it, which I'm kind of excited for. Although I will say, the way I see the build up to this film, I feel a lot about silence, where it was like great director, great cast, interesting idea. And then you almost hear no information about it until like the week it comes out. I'm feeling right. a similar vibe. Not necessarily that that well, means it's going to be bad or, or good, but um, I kind of like that mystery about it. I think in a way. I like that too, but I, I think like a, a decent marketing push towards the end, just to hope to help the overall success of uh, of the movie. Because you know, the more people get out and see new, fresh ideas like this, the more we can get away from the fucking remakes and the retellings of other stories, right. which is fine, but in doses. Well, not I mean, even if fucking... it's based off a true story, I'm I'm game with that. That's fine. Yeah. It's tell it's it's bringing a story to the to the screen. You know, I just thought of one more movie, Kyle. That uh, what's that? It, it's not on the top of my list uh, for this year, but I've yet to see it. I think it might already be out in other places. But Ingrid goes okay. to California. Or Ingrid, <laughs> Ingrid goes, goes west. Ingrid goes west. That's coming out in like two months. That'll be out pretty. So quick. I'm kind of excited for that one. That one looks good. I mean, Audrey Plaza killing it as always. I, I, that was that was on like a longer list. I had like twenty here for a yeah. while. That was on there. Right, it's like that a does st- look good. Like a stalker story. Yeah, it does seem interesting. But anyway, that'll be like, playing locally fairly soon, actually. So we'll make sure to take a look at that. All respect. Um, but I think, thank you for sitting with us, guys. If you made it all this way through, we had a lot of good movies to talk about. You know, I think I opened up this show talking about how there maybe wasn't a lot of good movies, heavy hitters this year so far. But as we went through our lists, I really did realize that there was a lot of good film this year so far. It, and it is comforting to know that there's lots of good film, hopefully, to I mean, come, knock on wood. There yeah, like, to me, it seems like there's a lot of, like, sure things, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, some of the ones we just talked about seem like maybe they're not going to... The gonna, elements are already there. It's already happening. They might together. not necessarily, like, blow away our expectations, but they look good enough to be like, oh, that was a good flick. Do you right. kind of know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm I'm all aboard for that. I'm stoked. Um, I don't know, guys. Is that anything else you want to add from to the show here, man? Uh, no, no, I I, I concur. Should it's we wrap be a good up, year then? for movies. Hopefully, well, then, if you guys would like to, please make sure to subscribe right here if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, subscribe there as well. Google Play Music. All that stuff, subscribe there. If uh, SoundCloud still exists while listening to this, follow us there. Um, we need to look into that because if that actually does go under, we need to find a different way to host this place. So we're looking into that slowly. Chance the Rapper might be saving it. I don't really know. Uh, yeah, other than that, of course, you know, social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can uh, follow us there. We, we're posting stuff there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, of course. Um, and if you feel so inclined, you can donate to us on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash secondviewing. We have some rewards there, and just a great way to help out the show. Um, anything I'm missing here, Dan? I think that's it. I think we've covered it all. Well, as always, guys, thank you for listening to the Second Viewing Podcast. We'll see you guys next week, or even sooner this Friday, for an episode of Your Asses Degrassi. My name's Kyle. And I'm Dan. See you later.